Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network? One on one conversations with some of your favorite artists. Find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. What else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network? Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Jack. Sports Jack. It's Sports Jack. And welcome to episode 286 of the Sports Yak Podcast. You mean the Robin Roberts episode? Robin Roberts! Not the ABC Good Morning America anchor. Oh! No, no. Sorry. Although a wonderful person by all accounts, I'm talking about the former Philadelphia Phillies pitcher who won 286 games in his big league career, led the 1950 Whiz Kids to the World Series, seven-time All-Star, 1952, probably his best year, Corey, he went 28-7. and seven. He started 37 games, and he finished 30 of them. Pretty good pitcher. In fact, remember we had Ted Klazuski as a dedication not too long ago? Mm-hmm. Robin Roberts is the only man who ever struck out Ted Klazuski three times in the same game. That'll show you. He's Robin Roberts. Family Broadcasting Corporation. Well, the crowd's going wild. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network, presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. It's all the way! It is! Good! It's good! Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer, this one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever! Well, you'd still call it the biggest spectacle in sports? The Super Bowl, is it still the game of games? I don't know of anything that comes close to it in terms of hype or pageantry or all the other things that go along with it. Even Um, in a pandemic. Unfortunately, the game did not match all of that because, well, it was dominated by Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Really Dominated by the Tampa Bay defense yesterday. They gave Patrick Mahomes, by his own admission, the worst beatdown he's ever had on a football field. 31-9 to was the final. It wasn't even that close. Mahomes did not score a touchdown in a game for the first time since high school. Wow. You know, that's, <laughs> that's an amazing stat right there. That is amazing. And 43-year-old Tom Brady wins his seventh Super Bowl and for the fifth time, takes home the Super Bowl MVP honor. Wow. 43 years old. Hard to believe, but the guy's in terrific shape. 
He does a terrific job scouting opponents, finding weaknesses, and attacking them. And I just a true leader on the field. Absolutely. And I thought between that and the job done by the Tampa Bay defense on Kansas City, great overall job by Bruce Arians. Very happy for him. He is a football lifer, longtime offensive coordinator, had coached quarterbacks like Roethlisberger and Manning and Luck. And now Bruce Arians finds himself as the head coach of a Super Bowl champion for the first time in his career. DraftKings Online won, by the way, if you're a betting man. How long is Tom Brady still in the game? I'd say two or three more years. Still got gas in the tank. Yeah. You didn't feel like you were watching a final performance last night? I mean, if you wanted to go out on top, that would have been a good one to go out on. Mm -hmm. But I get the sense that he wants to keep playing. Question is, how much of that Tampa Bay team will they keep around him? You know, Rob Gronkowski, how much longer does he want to keep going? He seems to have a lot of fun playing with Brady, though, and boy, he was a force last night. I'll tell you what, if you're a Notre Dame fan and you watched that game last night and the way the tight end screens and the way the tight end was being used by Tampa Bay, you hope Tommy Reese is taking some notes and maybe copying down some plays because I could certainly see that big number 87 on the Irish team, Michael Mayer, doing some of the same kind of things that Tampa Bay did last night. How about the overall uh, TV production? I didn't think it was Tony Romo's best night. Uh, I thought he was off. I He just, he said some master of the obvious things that just, you know, Tampa Bay is up by 22. Kansas City has the ball in the fourth quarter. He's saying, well, it's certainly four-down territory for the Chiefs. No kidding, Tony. (laughs) They're down by 22. You know what's interesting about hearing about the game through your perspective? You're a sports guy, so you're listening. We were with another couple at their house with their kids. I don't remember hearing a single word because we were too busy talking. Yeah. And then when it was commercial time, okay, shh. See, that's interesting. That's interesting to me that that's the way you watch it. Yeah. Um, In my house, yes, I'm watching for not only the football, but the whole production and everything. CBS changed its graphic look last night, too, and I pointed this out to you this morning. Yes. They went with a uh, red and pewter sport score bar, which I thought was interesting, considering those are the colors of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, but it was very easy to read. It was a little bit troubling to me, and, the, and this will show you how... Too much detail oriented I am in my business that the font size for the clock, game clock, was different than the font size for the play clock. That uh, dealt with my. Uh, <laughs> you would have you would have preferred uh, a, a, a just all a, the same, all the, all same. the same. Yeah, okay. Uh, but it was that. but it was easy to read. Uh, when there was a penalty flag, that little yellow box would come up and, and show you what the penalty was and everything. So that was good. Uh, I I liked the cleanliness of the graphic look. That was the only change I would have made. I thought Jim Nance was Jim Nance. He, he is who he is. And I'm not the biggest Jim Nance fan, but I understand that the NFL has certain requirements that they would expect from their broadcast partners. And one of them is just kissing up to the league as much as possible. 
And boy, there's nobody better at that than Jim Nance. <laughs> so there was a lot of time spent on that. Okay. Um, What's an uglier shoe, Skechers or New Balance? Oh, that the Skecher looks really comfortable. Yeah. But I don't know that I necessarily want to go out and buy a pair. I, I just, it has a, you're old stuck to it. That's how what I look at Skechers. Yeah. I look like you're past your prime, and I need a shoe that does the work for me. Well, I think that's <laughs> I think that's basically what they're doing. Yeah, I feel like Tony and his wife they got plenty of gas in the tank, but it's like oh, they're man. they're Skechers. not trying to compete with the kids with the Air Jordans and all yeah. that. That's not the market they're looking for. So, and one wonders: Do they really wear those? Do they wear those out in public? Oh, it's a valid question. Absolutely. Are we going to see Romo and the Skechers hitting a Whole Foods? So while we're talking commercials, mm-hmm. now you went to bed at halftime. I did. Right when halftime was over, wanted to see what the overrated, underrated was all about with that halftime performance. But I we'll went get to, to the we'll get to that in a moment. Let's, I went to bed. Let's start with the commercials. Now you missed one of my favorites, which was in the second half, mm-hmm. a Wayne's World commercial for Uber Eats. Yes, which. I thought the messaging was great. Uber Eats didn't get caught up in trying to say, oh, we're faster than anybody else or anything. It was just basically hammering across, eat local, support your local restaurants, eat local. And I thought, you know, what a great message. What commercials struck you? When I watch the Super Bowl, Chuck, I get excited about movie trailers because they roll them out at the beginning of the year. And they rolled one out in the first commercial break it's a little tough though because it's like when are we getting back in a movie theater again the the m night Shyamalan, the old movie they try to do too much in 30 seconds or it's like what are we watching yeah uh the marvel stuff i was excited about but you would be but i like the fact that they're like if you want to see the full trailer like they said it out loud go go online and we did immediately um i I, the will ferrell commercial gave me a, a laugh yes uh I thought the Oatly guy was odd. The the milk, the keyboard guy was, in the field. That was absolutely asinine. That's somebody, that's a CEO's ego saying, I want to be on TV during the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, yeah, slightly unmemorable, so I can't even recall. M&M's, I, I thought, had a good commercial. I don't remember that. I, <laughs> You're you're offering M and M's to people that you've upset or oh, wronged. Okay, so like the guy kicking your airline seat and causing you to spill your drink, and he hands you up a packet of M and M's. Um, Does it escalate? The, the best the best one was your. It looks like an apartment lobby. A woman hands an older woman a packet of M and M's, saying, "I'm sorry, I called you, Karen," and. She says, but my name is Karen. And then she hands her another bag of M&Ms and says, I'm sorry, your name is Karen. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have to watch that one. So that one was good. Okay. Um, Yeah, I I think we've hit the highlights. I thought overall it was a eh night for commercials. The Matthew McConaughey Doritos 3D commercial was, was okay. 
You know what's interesting about who they use in a commercial? Like, you brought up Wayne's World and how much you liked it. My 14-year-old had no idea who those yeah. two guys were. Exactly. And he also didn't have any idea who that coach was at the beginning of the game in that virtual moment. A lot moment. of people did You know, it's, it's that fine line of, do we use this to tip our hat to the history of the game? But at the same time, did anyone... On there, tell anybody who that is for those of us who know. And then there's a group of people like, "Who's that?" Okay, but that's part of the that's part of the social experience of the game. Yes, is explaining that. Here's the other thing: not every you, you mentioned Skechers. Okay, your 14 year old doesn't care about Skechers. No, he does not. Maybe maybe you're of the age group that would. Mm-hmm. This segues perfectly into the music. There are a lot of people our age, Corey, that do not know or care who the weekend is. Nope. But depending on the age, I mean, you could almost see it play out, especially over Twitter. The younger people, they love themselves the weekend. The And then you kind of get to about 40, mm-hmm. and most of the people over 40 were... This is the worst thing ever. Now, I have a, I have listened to quite a bit of the weekend's music. Okay. So I didn't mind it so much. Here's how I summed it up to a younger friend of mine. They said they said, Did you like it? And I said, I could have used closed captioning at the beginning. I couldn't really understand any of the lyrics for the first psalm or two that he did Mm -hmm. i appreciated the attempt at spectacle and i once he got into the songs that i knew and everything i appreciated hearing the songs that i knew you're on board i don't understand the whole choreography of it Mm -hmm. or why it seemed like there were a bunch of guys with jock straps over their faces running around on the field i don't understand that but I appreciated the attempt at spectacle. As I explained it, it wasn't Prince for the Bears Colts Super Bowl singing Purple Rain in the Rain, but it was still better than up with people. Yeah, yeah. We had a four-year-old dancing his heart out to the songs. The 14-year-old, mine, came running from the bedroom and watched Eyes Glued. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 40-year-old couple, they they were into it and they knew the songs. The 51-year-old was... Going, well, he's not Michael Jackson. Well, he's not Prince. Well, it, he's not Justin Timberlake. It It's funny that you should make the Michael Jackson reference because I have another friend who's in her 20s. And her comment was, and, and she had posted a picture, and uh, she says, he wants to be Michael Jackson so badly. And I replied to her, if he wants to be Michael, he better learn how to dance. Yeah. And she said, facts. (laughs) Yeah, the lack of choreography by him, I'm just, it's something I'm used to. I'm, I, 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 the bar is higher for me for Super Bowl, but I mean, some people liked him, some people didn't. Right. What'd you think of the America the Beautiful and the Anthem? Uh, It was on and I went, oh, okay. It felt a little lengthy. Well, the anthem was 220. I timed it out. 220, 221, whatever it takes. Exactly. Um, yeah, I thought it was just okay. I, I think I got caught up in the, he's not playing the guitar. And then we got into the discussion of when did they start recording it? 
you know, uh, and why do they do that? What, I mean, there's so many gifted singers out there. Why don't you just let them sing like they do at other sporting events? Honestly, with the game being played in Tampa and all that was made of the 30-year anniversary, I wouldn't have had a problem if they just replayed the Whitney Houston one Yeah, from 30 years ago. Yeah, that would have made sense. Because that is the gold standard yeah. of national anthems right mm-hmm. there. And there were lots of features on it yesterday. Both uh, CBS Sports and ESPN had features on it. And, man, that that to me was... That song charted. It was so good. Yes. Like, it showed up on radio the next day, now, and we were playing it. We were, we were in a war at the time. Okay. So, that... That played out a little bit more. That played out differently than the place that we are now as a country. But still, you watch that anthem, and man, that'll make that'll make the hair stand up on your arms. Once again, the final score: thirty-one to nine, Tampa Bay. Brady throws three touchdown passes, two of them to Gronkowski, and the Tampa Bay defense holds Kansas City without a point. I'll tell you what, though. Mahomes had some of the wildest incompletions you will ever want to see. There was a drive in the second half. He had back-to-back. There's one. He scrambles to his left. He's nearly pinned on the sidelines. He's hit. He kind of does a 180 and launches it to the end zone. And for a moment, it looks like the Kansas City receiver makes the diving catch, but the ball hit the pylon. Mm. He, that's the third down play. And then on fourth down... He somehow flicks the ball sidearm down the field, and it goes over the outstretched hand of the Tampa Bay defender, and it hits the Kansas City wide receiver in the face mask, and he can't catch it. <laughs> I, that was the thing yesterday. I saw more footballs hit guy hit receivers in the face mask than I've ever seen before. Any of them stick? Catch the ball. <laughs> Not with your mouth, though, right? Catch the ball. So sticking in the NFL, uh, we have been talking about the quarterback movement in the league. Your boy, your guy, (laughs) Carson Wentz, the pride of North Dakota State, appears ready to be peddled by the Philadelphia Eagles, which I find interesting because Carson Wentz was kind of the reason that Doug Peterson got fired is Doug Peterson wanted to play Jalen Hurts over Carson Wentz. And then ownership decided, no, we like Carson Wentz. But apparently the new coach came in and said, no, this isn't going to work. And so Carson Wentz is on the trade block, and the two biggest suitors for Carson Wentz are the Bears and the Colts. Let me tell you something. As a Bears fan, I'm hoping he goes to the Colts because I I honestly don't think, and I don't think Mitch Trubisky is great. I don't think Carson Wentz is better than Mitch Trubisky. Last year, Carson Wentz led the league in interceptions and being sacked. And... <laughs> I'm not sure that Bears offensive line is any better than the Eagles offensive line. By the way, that's one thing we learned yesterday watching the Super Bowl, too, is the value of an offensive line and the value of those offensive tackles. Because Kansas City's 
Uh, both Kansas City's offensive tackles were out with injury. And you saw why those guys get paid big money. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Because Patrick Mahomes was running for his life. So I'm not sure <laughs> Carson Wentz would do anything with the Bears, given their offensive line right now. Maybe with the Colts and the fact that I think Frank Reich was at one point his quarterback coach with oh. the Eagles. That might work. That might work. But we'll see. We'll see how that Carson Wentz derby plays out. But it is a, a year of quarterback movement unlike any other in the National Football League. You ready to segue into some college basketball talk? You know, <laughs> every time, Archie Miller is the cat that has nine lives. He, if you're a WWE fan, he is the undertaker. <laughs> he is laying there in the casket and then pops right up. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, this guy has found a way to bedevil the Iowa Hawkeyes. Iowa rolls into Assembly Hall yesterday, ranked number eight in the nation. They have a 10-point lead in the second half. The Hoosiers look dead to right. But Trace Jackson Davis starts to warm up in the second half. He starts to put the ball in the hole. It's a tie game at 65 when Armand Franklin is dribbling out top and Don Fisher has the call. Armand will take it, drives it left side, pulls up. He will fire it up there and hey! So the Hoosiers win it 67-65. They are now 10-8 and eight on the season. To me, that makes them very bubblicious, Corey, in terms of the NCAA tournament. They could turn right around and blow it Wednesday night when they go to Northwestern. But I will say this. Against top 10 teams, they have been amazing. They have won five of their last six against top 10 teams. Tell you a guy who had a really good weekend was Jaden Ivey. The former Marion and La Lumiere star had a career high 20 points with his mama watching from the stands as Purdue beat Northwestern at Mackey Arena. Now, that's to be expected. You should beat Northwestern playing at home. But the freshman for Purdue continued to dazzle. Ivey had a couple of spectacular dunks in the game and. He is adjusting to Matt Painter's style quite nicely. Thank you, Don at West Lafayette. Purdue looking very good over the weekend. They are now 13-7 and seven to me. Uh, unless disaster strikes, they're definitely going to make the NCAA tournament. They don't play until Thursday this week uh, against Minnesota. Uh, but Jaden Ivey with a career-high 20 points in that win on Saturday. You know who didn't have a good weekend? Before you jump into the next thing, I find myself rooting for him. I want him to squeeze every last drip out of his Purdue experience before whatever the next thing is. Yeah. I Does that hope- mean playing all four years? I mean, just getting the most out of that so he's ready for his next level. I, I would hope he would not leave early. To yeah. me, he has a lot uh, physically to do to strengthen himself uh, for the for a shot at the NBA, but you definitely see some NBA-style athleticism from yes. him, don't you? I That's that's what I agree with, yes. So, yeah. you know who didn't have a good weekend? Who? Mike Bray and the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. 
Am I supposed to be surprised by that? They had a 17-point lead at Georgia Tech on Saturday night. I'm watching a movie, and they're cruising along, and then I check my feed, and all of a sudden, they're trailing by one. They get down by two in the waning seconds. Now, we heard that great Don Fisher call. We heard what IU did at the end of the game. Instead, Notre Dame puts the ball in the hands of Cormac Ryan, who then holds it for four seconds, tosses it to Prentice Hub, and time runs out. And the Irish don't even get off a last shot. Mm. And they lose to the Yellow Jackets 82-80. Now, granted... Georgia Tech, tough to beat on their home floor. They've won 11 straight. But you had them down by 17. Come on, fellas. I mean, and this this is the frustration for Notre Dame basketball fans. You see talent out there. You see the offense now improving where they were scoring in the 40s and 50s. They score 80 points on Saturday night. And they can't get a win. Everything had been predicated on the fact, hey, we're getting defensive stops now. We know how to play defense. Apparently, that was forgotten in the second half against the Yellow Jackets. So Notre Dame remains below 500. Uh, I don't see the only way they're going to make the NCAA tournament is to win the ACC's championship, in my opinion. And it's just... It's another frustrating, frustrating season of Notre Dame basketball under Mike Bray. And and you just, we've talked about this on the show before, but you just wonder how much longer this is going to go on. They are 7-10 and 10 right now, and they play a road game at Duke on Wednesday. Here's how bad Notre Dame and Duke are this year. Notre Dame and Duke are playing on Wednesday and they're playing it at 4.30 in the afternoon. It's like the uh, Senior Citizen Special. That's a telltale sign when they play that early, Chuck. Yeah, (laughs) 4.30 in the afternoon. Does that come with soft food, too? (laughs) So, and I'm sorry, I think I said that game's Wednesday. It's actually tomorrow. It's tomorrow afternoon, 4.30 on the ACC Network. How about the Irish women? Well, the Irish women were playing tough at Louisville. Uh, They get a Darren Mabry three that brings them within one point. You think maybe they can pull off the upset. There's only a minute left, but Louisville has a player by the name of Dana Evans. She probably should have been Miss Basketball in the state of Indiana, but she plays in Gary, so she gets no love downstate. She decided to leave the state to play her college basketball at Louisville. And last year, she was the ACC Player of the Year, and she may well be this year. She hits a dagger three with 56 seconds left and a couple of free throws down the stretch. And Louisville wins at 71-65. So, Neil Ivey's team has now lost three in a row. They are a 500 ball club. They have a very difficult schedule going down the stretch. Sitting there at 8-8 eight and eight with games left against NC State, who's a top-five team, Syracuse, Pitt, Florida State, and Louisville again before the ACC tournament. So again, uh, another Notre Dame basketball team that's kind of on the struggle bus right now. We got very spoiled 
in the Muffet McGraw era, didn't we? Watching Nerding teams just rack up 20 wins like they were going to the pantry to get salt and pepper. <laughs> and um, that that is no longer the case. And it's it's tough to kind of go through this rebuilding phase, but hopefully Neil Ivy will be able to do that. Let's talk about high school from over the weekend. So very busy weekend for both the boys and the girls on the high school scene. On the girls' side, let's start you off in 4A. Penn wins its fourth consecutive sectional. They had little problem going through the Goshen sectional. Easily handled Warsaw on Saturday night in the sectional finals. So Christy Ulrich's team goes on to play in the regional. They will face Merrillville in the first game over at the LaPorte Regional. The second game will have LaPorte taking on Crown Point. Sarah Deshone gets the win on Saturday night over Adams with her Slicers girls team that is keyed up by Ryan Ott, their D1 player who's headed to Purdue-Fort Wayne. Laporte will have its hands full, though, with Crown Point, which I believe was ranked number two in the final poll of the season. All signs point to a Crown Point Penn regional final, which should be well worth the price of admission. Class 3A Washington could be a favorite to win the state tournament now that they emerge from the St. Joe sectional they avenged a regular season loss and beat Marion 51-42. Steve Reynolds and his daughters, Mila and Amia, um, terrific job winning the regional title. Had a lot of help from Rashunda Jones, the all-conference player. And so the Panthers move on to the 3A regional at Jimtown. They will meet Kankakee Valley, which upset Knox on Saturday night. So a little bit of a surprise there. Washington will be a heavy favorite to beat Kankakee Valley. They could meet up with Lakeland in the regional final over Jimtown. The Lakers, coached by Dale Gearhart in his first year at the helm of the squad, win their first sectional since 1996. They beat defending state champ Northwood on Saturday night. 2A, all eyes will be on the Winnemac Regional. North Judson and Andrean in the first game should be a knockdown, dragout, shootout. North Judson, of course, with Lillian Frazier, one of the best scorers in Indiana history, well over 2,000 points now in her career, taking on a very strong Andrean squad. The second game will have Fairfield. Congratulations to Brody Garber and the Falcons. They win a sectional title on Saturday night, easily handling Prairie Heights. Fairfield will be taking on Bluffton in the 2A second game at Winnemac. And the 1A regional at Caston. Triton had to go overtime to beat Argus on Saturday night down at Oregon Davis. Uh, their reward, congratulations, you get to face Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian now, which is not going to be easy for the Lady Trojans. So that's the girls' side of it. On the boys' side, I'd say it was a really good weekend for South Bend John Adams. They're now ranked ninth in the IBCA poll. They faced a, a talented Michigan City squad, albeit Michigan City was playing without its star player, Jamie Hodges. And it probably showed up in the second half as the Eagles pull away and win that one by 15. So Adams had a good weekend. Warsaw had a very good weekend. Both Jackson Gould and Judas Mfukwe scoring about 22 points a game over the weekend as the Tigers racked up wins over Mishawaka and then Chesterton on Saturday. So Matt Moore's team playing very good ball. They are tied for the conference lead right now. With Mishawaka, which bounced back from the loss on Thursday night, beat Concord on Saturday. Warsaw plays Plymouth this weekend. Should be able to beat the Pilgrims, who have only won two games this year. 
So Forsall wins that one. They wait to see what happens between Northwood and Mishawaka Friday night to see if the Tigers would split the NLC title with the Cavemen or have it all by themselves. And uh, let's see, who else had a good weekend? I would say on the boys' side, you have to take a look at Northridge as well. They seem to be bouncing back right now. They cruised to a victory over Jimtown on Saturday. They will play tonight down at Wawasee. Have you, did you say out loud whose game you were going to cover on Friday night? Friday night, we've got the the game that a lot of people like to call the Holy War. It's St. Joe and Marion, those two Catholic school rivals, both ranked in the Class 3A poll last week, and I imagine they would be again this week. Square off at Demetrius Jackson Court. We will have that on Facebook, YouTube, and the Champions Network right around 745. And on TV 46, Friday night, 11, Saturday morning at 9. Still have not decided on which game we will be carrying for the girls' regional on Saturday. We were in that part of town, drove past Marion, drove past St. Joe. We had a basketball practice on Saturday. My son started asking many questions, and I knew you could probably answer this and uh, or correct me. He asked me about their sports programs, and I said, they ebb and flow with each other. Sometimes they have great football. Sometimes they have great basketball. It's either one or the other. Right now, Marion's been in a very good cycle right now with both with football, boys' basketball, girls' basketball. Yeah. Uh, St. Joe has been stronger in baseball. St. Joe recently, within the last three years, won a championship in girls' basketball. But right now, Marion's got a little bit of the upper hand. St. Joe's very good in boys' basketball this year. We're expecting that to be a heck of a game Friday night. St. Joe has really struggled in football. And then you get into some of the more Olympic sports. Um, that's typically a, a little bit more of the stronghold of St. Joe than it is of Mary. Okay. It's like any high school. The seasons come and go. Yeah. Sometimes you're Absolutely. on a streak for a while, and sometimes you got to rebuild. Which makes it all the more compelling when you see programs that can maintain that level over 15, 20, 25 years. Yes. That's usually the sign of some really good coaching. I'm surprised there's not hockey being played in our parking lot. It is cold in Michiana. It is cold in Michiana, and the Blackhawks are playing pretty good hockey right now, folks. Alex DeBrinkett, a couple of goals yesterday. Patrick Kane, both the assists. And the Blackhawks go into Dallas and beat the Stars, who had not lost at home previous to yesterday. They win it 2-1. Malcolm Subban was terrific between the pipes. And so the Hawks now have a winning record, and they're actually kind of fun to watch, which was a lot better than what we expected at the beginning of the year. So nice to see that the uh, that the Blackhawks are playing well. And then locally, the Michiana High School Hockey League tourney continues. Penn and Riley both picked up wins over the weekend, so good job by them. Hey, Notre Dame hockey, what a weekend Jeff Jackson's team had. They go on the road to Ohio State. This has been the wild story of Notre Dame hockey this year. They are 7-1 and one on the road, and they tattooed Ohio State over the weekend 6-1 to one and 8-1. to one. They were winning so big on Saturday that they put in the third-string goalie who had never played before. He's kind of, you know, uh, he's a walk-on, basically, and they let him get some playing time, and you should have seen that team at the end of the game just mobbing him after the game was over. They were so happy that he was able to get into a, a meaningful game. Yeah. And so Jeff Jackson's Irish Icers looking really good over the weekend, but now they have to come home, and they have been 
quite frankly, awful at home this year. So we'll, I don't know if he's going to just start putting them on a bus and driving them around for a half hour and then bring them back to the arena to make it seem like a road game. But uh, nice to see the Irish Icers have a great weekend. Blindfold them before they walk a bit. Exactly. Wait a minute. This isn't this. No, 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 it's not. Get on the floor. All right, Chuck, we've made it to underrated, overrated in this segment of the Sports Yak podcast. Well, let's go with Diana Ross. Mm. I I saw, I think it was a tweet over the weekend from one of her musicians that he was talking about how they came up with, I'm coming up. Man, I loved that song when I was doing me some skating at Lakeshore Roller World. When that song hit, it was go time. If I was mid-cardboard pizza, you put that pizza down, you go take in that song. I'd say down the middle. I'd say she's, you know, the Supreme stuff, the solo stuff. I mean, I think she has got a couple of movies under her belt. I I don't think overrated is uh, the right word. I think she's had a a, a real decent career. I, I would say underrated. And again, we've talked about this before on the show, but when you throw in the acting element. Yes. I mean, The Wiz... I don't think you can appreciate in twenty twenty underrated. I, I don't think you can appreciate in twenty twenty one just how groundbreaking that movie was yes. when it came out. I agree. And the fact that here here she was, a black woman with the Supremes in the sixties, and the and the changes that she has seen and been able to go through and still Yes, she's a diva and all the things that come with that. I understand how that can grate people the wrong way, but she earned it though. She, she earned diva status. She has done in my eyes a heck of a job keeping that career going. Yeah. Could you I wonder if we could sit through the whiz though. I mean, it's a little rougher on the edges, you know, just because it's older and production value sure. whatever. <clears throat> a young Michael Jackson, Nipsey Russell, yeah. And that other guy <laughs> who played the lion, I can't think of his name. Oh. Was he more of a Broadway type of guy? Diana Ross, Nipsey Russell, Michael Jackson, and. I'm going to have to look it up. Uh, I can't think of his name. Who sang Solid as a Rock? Solid as a Rock. All right. Let's see here. The Wiz. I'm looking for the cast here. Uh, Ashford, <laughs> Ted Ross, Ted Ross, Richard Pryor was in the Wiz too. You know, was he really? Was yeah. he, wasn't he the Wizard? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Interesting movie. So, great movie, great movie, great soundtrack. Actually, oh. I, I I had that when I was younger. He's on down the road. He's on down the road. Oh. So, all right. So, Diana Ross, you're going with down the line. I'm going with slightly underrated. Okay, Leonardo DiCaprio. My son attempted to watch Inception yesterday, and I said, you'll last 20 minutes. you got to be paying attention. I think he's a decent actor. I think he holds himself to a, like a little bit of a vibe of, I deserve the trophy. And there's been a couple times when he didn't get the trophy. Mm-hmm. But I, um, the stuff I've seen him in, I think I'm okay with. I liked him better at the beginning of his career. I think now 
he slides into these roles where he kind of goes from the confident, slick-haired, charming guy to the crazy, angry, paranoid, paranoid <laughs> guy. And there's always kind of one red-faced screaming scene in there, mm-hmm. no matter what he's in. Um, but, gosh, you, you look at the breadth of his career, too. Yeah. And the longevity of it. Yeah, he's still got a lot of gas in the tank, too. Yeah. And I I think he's still churning out good stuff. I thought uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you know, while Brad, while that was kind of Brad Pitt's movie, yeah, uh, I thought he did a good job in that. I would say, I would say down the middle. Okay, I was going to lean slightly overrated, but in a good way. I do enjoy his. Is he a? Is he the kind of blockbuster guy where it's like we've got to go see this on opening night? No, 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 no. not yeah. anymore. Yeah, I might agree with you then on overrated too because that's that's kind of how he likes to portray himself. Yeah, is I'm the goods, or at least I shouldn't say how he portrays himself, but how he is portrayed through it all. He and Jennifer Lawrence are right now working on the biggest budgeted Netflix movie in their history. And really? She, yeah, she just got hurt over the weekend, but I saw a photo over the weekend, and I try to keep tabs on that stuff, which should be interesting. But you know, you know, can you name a good movie you liked him in other than uh, Once Upon a Time? Well, Titanic. I thought he yeah, was, it was good. I thought Inception was good. The Revenant. Did you ever see that? The one? Revenant. Him, um, him and the bear. Yeah. That. I mean, now I think the bear carried that one, but <laughs> <laughs> the bear carried that scene. Uh, okay, I feel good about this. I got nothing up my sleeve. That's okay. That's okay. It's a good episode right here. I, I think t- we've covered a lot of material. There's been a lot of things covered. You may have to listen to this one twice just to catch all of it. That's okay if you do. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Rate or review. Maybe share with a friend. We had some uh, pretty nice compliments from Friday's episode with Jack Nolan. And uh, always appreciate that. The retweets, the reposts. We're always up for that. And you can follow me on Twitter at 46sports. What about you? Do you tweet? I've got a couple that I'm uh, working on. Of course, Sports Yak with two Ks. And then my main tweets come from my name is Corey, C-O-R-E-Y. Until next time, Yak fans. Oogalooga, Robin Roberts. Not the anchor. No. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. Sports Yak is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line. 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 